0: welcome to ask the 50 billion dollar man with high performance executive success coach dan pena the only show where you ask and you get complete no holds barred answers and now your host dan pena
1: hi kids uh welcome to the 008 podcasts uh, for um uh, ask the 50 billion dollar man which is me, and that's $50 billion that I've created in the last 20, a little over 20 years in equity and value with my mentees uh, and uh, in various projects uh, around the world. Too many projects and too many industries and too many places around the world to mention. Um, Our first question for today's podcast is going to be another one from the uh, toll-free number. Uh, You guys are uh, catching on to use it. And I'm trying to use, uh, going forward, uh, at least one question for every podcast. Even if we don't use it in its question format from the actual phone call, we do answer the questions. Okay, let's get started with the first question. To be wealthy, one has to add value to others' life or lives. How can I successfully add value to someone else's life without trying to impress them, or going overboard, without losing my own dignity and self-respect? That's a great question, but um, it's based on the political correctness of the 21st century, or more importantly, 2014. Uh, In uh, the 60s, 70s, or 80s of the last century, last millennium, uh, that kind of question wouldn't be as uh, important. Um, You impress them, if that's, that's not really the right word, you show them who you are through your mentor, stroke chairman, stroke dream team members, board members, through your accounting firm, through your law firm, that are all part of your dream. Uh, there's, there's nothing losing your dignity whatsoever or, or your self-respect. Uh, I must admit that that sounds like a, a person that needs more self-esteem, needs more self-confidence. Uh, there's nothing about going overboard in being the best you can be. As Joe Batten, my former partner uh, and uh, a great uh, mentor of Ross Perot said uh, many years ago, when he coined the phrase, be all that you can be for the United States Army. That's what QLA is all about, being all that you can be. I am all that I can be in trying to be the best high-performance coach that there ever lived, that ever walked the planet. Uh, and, uh, the, and by definition, QLA has made me who I am, uh, and QLA has made countless others. So don't worry about losing your dignity or losing your self-respect. It's a great question. Now let's move on. How do you build a team um, and can it be built on commission only? Now, you've lost the point here. You build a team, as I told you, you find a mentor, find a chairman, you find other board members that you leverage off of that chairman, hopefully, like an anchor tenant that takes 40% of the building and then you can rent up the rest of the 60%. Um, and it has nothing to do with commission. If you're in a commission business, it has nothing to do with that. By commission, I think they mean, do you have to pay them a fee in the beginning? No, you don't have to pay them a fee. You don't pay them honorariums to come to board meetings. The board meetings are going to be infrequent. And now with Skype and Zoom, et cetera, which are relatively inexpensive and not free, you can have these board meetings, uh, and not have them travel. Uh, I would recommend that you have two board meetings a year that you're physically present. But in the beginning, if you don't have enough money to to have them fly in, or you fly to them, uh, uh, then uh, you have them on Skype. Uh, And that's why I I recommend highly that your first board, your first dream team, be in the same general locale. Uh, My question relates and is a a fewfold. This is essentially one question around the chairman. Okay, we have a, a, a multitasker. Should I really have to convince a retired CEO about dealing with such high firms, lawyers, and accountants? No. You shouldn't have to convince him. If you have to convince him, then that means something's wrong. That means he's out of his comfort zone. And it's not for you to help the CEO, um, uh, a retired CEO uh, to expand his comfort zone. They're there to expand your comfort zone. Uh, should the CEO be able to open mind, uh, be open-minded and at least know more than one way to finance a deal. Yes, he should be. But uh, the um, I assume that you're talking about that this retired CEO still. But um, that your account, your other team members of your board um, should also have the experience to be able to tell you what road to go down. And of course, your extended dream team, which are your lawyers and accountants, will also have the ideas. Um, CEO believed and really liked my idea, but in terms of me financing uh, the deal I want, uh, which is how you mentioned on the tapes, he seemed irate or at least couldn't believe it could be done. Conventional wisdom here again? Right. Next, you got the wrong guy. QLA is not for everybody, okay? If you spend 20, 30, 40 years of your life doing it the conventional way, QLA is going to seem foreign to you. Um, You just have to move on, say thank you very much. In fact, today I got an email from a a mentee uh, in the oil and gas business. After a few weeks of um, a Dream Team member being on board, the Dream Team member felt so uncomfortable that he said, this isn't for me, and so uh, he left. That's life. Um, Danger is real, but fear is a choice. Fear is not real. Fear is a product of your imagination. Remember, false expectations appearing real. These guys are afraid because it's a different way. The CEO, uh, ex-CEO that we've talked about in the last two slides. That's not your problem. It's not for you to change his, his thought process at age 50 or 60 or whatever he is. But remember, fear is a product of your imagination and fear is just one, one choice. Another choice, the opposite of fear, is enthusiasm. I'm really bored and tired of uh, daily grind. I need something more exciting in my life. Entrepreneurship offers that, Um, but how uh, do I go about it? I have some ideas like mobile apps, for example. Everybody and his dog's got mobile apps, okay? The the truth of the matter, and I have uh, two mentees that are very successful in uh, production of apps, but 99.9% of all app producers don't make any money and they always refer you to the five or six or ten or twenty people that do make money with apps but for the vast majority it's uh it's, it's a very tough 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 thing uh and most of you hang on to these bad ideas too long when they don't work you should walk away uh if the plan is to acquire several company this is the same uh, extension of that app question several companies consolidate them to eliminate redundant um, it uh, operations and then take the organization public with an IPO, when would you recommend uh, doing the second and third acquisitions after the first one if the deals are available? As soon as humanly possible. Now, if you're referring to apps, uh, you're not gonna find too many app companies that are worth buying. But if you're just asking in general, and I'll make this question in general, then as soon as you make your first acquisition, if you've got a second or third, uh, I'm not a believer that you, (coughs) excuse me, take time to consolidate them. In the beginning, um, it's going to be hard for you to find transactions until you get a deal flow. and I believe we talk about deal flow uh, later on in this podcast, or perhaps I'll talk about it in another podcast, but there's a a lengthy uh, tape on it um, on, on my site called deal flow, how to create deal flow, and it's germane to this question. But You take the acquisitions as soon as you find them. They're going to be tough to find in the beginning. Uh, I'm watching uh, your podcast. Four after uh, a Hyatt brunch, same question comes to me. You are you you are who you know and what you do. Um, I am beyond all those I associate with, and how to crack the next level of achievement? Uh, How do I go? This is all one question. How do I go from having associates with who are millionaires to having those that uh, have in excess of 100 million? Sounds like a fucking stupid question, he's, t- he's telling himself that to me. Go and find them, but that is like saying, how do I bang a supermodel? Ask her. <laughs> uh, your thoughts would be appreciated. The model isn't about banging anybody. Uh, by bang, that means having intercourse, for those of you that don't know what that means. Um, but you're right, you are who you hang around with. I said uh, in a, a podcast a while back, you show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And again, I've, I've written about it countless times. The five people that, are, uh, that you've been exposed to the most um, are the, uh, the people you're most likely uh, going to uh, model. Those people are normally your father, your mother, if your dad's gone, uh, uh, your grandparent, older brother, older sister, and none of these people are trained to make you or help you associate with high-performance people, let alone um, be a high-performance person. Um, You need to upgrade your uh, associates. It's that simple. And as Bruce Whipple, my old friend and colleague, would say many, many years in a row, if you don't ask, you don't get. How should I deal with my comfort zone? And how do I break out of my comfort zone? Well, I'm going to sit down on that one. Um, How do I deal with it? Well, I'm going to make some assumptions here. By deal with it, in other words, the lack thereof, a comfort zone. Again, getting back to the slide uh, and the penultimate slide before that, um, um, your comfort zone is based upon who you've been around your formative years. I've said on many uh, uh, times in many seminars and uh, written many times, as a Catholic church, and this uh, isn't an advertisement for the Catholic church, even though I was raised a Catholic, um, you give me a child the first seven or eight years and I'll I'll have them. Well, your self-esteem, is built in your first seven or eight years. So, who are you normally around your first seven or eight years? Duh. Daddy and mommy. Uh, and uh, that's why you don't necessarily have any self esteem because normally your parents don't. I'm not saying anything about that. Your parents loved you. Your mom did the best they could, but that's just the point. The best you could. But that's the best they could based on um, what they knew. Um, uh, how do I break out of that comfort zone? Again, Show me your friends and I show you your future. God, le- you know, I, I learned uh, the regimen of uh, work ethic from my dad, God love him, but uh, when I got a big award in 1981 and I got another big award in 1991 uh, about being Entrepreneur of the Year, etc., you know, the most successful this or that, uh, when uh, the TV um, commentator or newscaster, whatever you call them, asked my dad, uh, uh, aren't you proud of uh, your son's success? And my dad said, looking straight into the camera. Yes, I'm very proud of my, dad, my son's success, but my son is not uh, successful, super successful because of me. He's super successful in spite of me. He, uh, he meant it in a positive way. He meant it because he wasn't trained to be a high-performance person. Uh, he was a, a world-class athlete at one time, uh, and uh, 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 that's one of the banes uh, of my existence, is the fact that I had very uh, little athletic skills uh, growing up. Uh, so that's probably why I overcompensate in business. Uh, but he was saying that he only trained me in what, what he knew. And he then knew at age 60 or 70, whenever how old he was when he said these things, that it wasn't to be a high-performance person uh, in business. He was a high-performance guy, but not in business. So how do I break out of my comfort zone? You need new associates. You need new colleagues. You need a mentor. You need a chairman. You need a dream team. And it ain't easy. It ain't easy to find. It's easy to find those people, but it's not easy to change 20, 30, 40 years of uh, uh, pre-existence in your little brains. But if you want it bad enough, you can do it. I am an international student in Dundee. I assume that that means he's uh, not Scottish. Dundee, Scotland. I enrolled in a business course to learn the basics. However, I find it too slow. What do you suggest? Well, you can drop out, uh, and uh, you, can, uh, you can build a dream team and go after your passion. If you have a passion for something, go out and do it, but um, I'm not sure why an international student would come to Dundee. Dundee University, I assume it's Dundee University. Uh, it's a great school, uh, but uh, there are other schools that you don't have to come internationally to go to. How can, I say, uh, how can I stay so fired up? How do you stay so fired up during the Castle Seminars? Well, I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate about bringing as many of you guys and gals across the goal line as I can in the rest of the years I have to keep coaching and mentoring. Uh, I love it. Of course, I'm very successful at it, and when you're, su- when you're successful at something, you love it more. But I loved it when I wasn't fucking successful. I loved it when they laughed at me. I loved it when they said QLA was uh, a statistical anomaly. Just because I turned 800 bucks into four, over 400 million, you know, how, how could I possibly think that I was going to be able to get anybody else to do it? Well, now I've gotten countless people uh, over the goal line, uh, and I'm not even in the top 10 uh, of success stories of QLA with 450 million bucks, which I'm proud of, and I hope that I'm, in the next 10 years I'm not in the top 100. Um, but I stay fired up because I'm a professional. And as I told the guys in the seminar um, last seminar just ended a couple weeks ago, I was not 100% uh, well the first day and a half of the seminar. Um, I was ill. I'm not sure if I had food poisoning. But you sure as hell can't tell it on the, uh, on the YouTube tapes. And by the end of the second day, I was fired up uh, no more than I was the first day. But I was feeling well. And I wasn't having to call on my inner energy or uh, uh, the force. And I wasn't calling on Juan Kenobi like I was the first day and a half. Uh, the first uh, day of the seminar, was hard for me to get out of bed. And, uh, they, but nobody saw that. Now, if I were you and I was just a measly cunt, I'd say, Oh, I've got, I, I don't feel well. Uh, maybe I will we'll start at 10 instead of 7. Etc. One of the guys uh, who's a successful guy in his own right, he's from Indonesia, uh, he came up uh, and, uh, and managing people in Asia is different. We had a guy there from China, uh, uh, both Caucasians, but living there a long time. And the guy from Indonesia said, I, uh, the best excuse I've had in the 12 or 13 years he's been in Indonesia uh, for not coming to work, and I, and I gave him a couple of ones that I've heard over the, the, the 10 years I've been in Asia, and he said, well, this one is going to top any of those. And he told me, I asked the, 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 asked the sorry bastard, this is him talking, why the fuck weren't you at work yesterday? He says, oh, I was sick the day before. Now get this, let your little pea brain, the synapses fire. He wasn't sick the day he didn't come to work. He was sick the day before, so he decided he needed an extra day, even though he wasn't unwell. this guy and I laughed and laughed and laughed about this. Now, the other guys that have not done business in Asia for any length of time didn't see the humor in it. But if you've been here, where I've told you, I have a headache, I have diarrhea, uh, the the, the same guy told me the story, we found a guy that his mother died, except over the years, every time I get a new general manager or senior manager that this guy reports to, his mother dies, so the guy that he's reporting to doesn't know that his mother died four or five times prior to that. And I said, "Well, we, we have guys that uh, uh, their wife's in the hospital or their wife had a baby that have no wives." And uh, so I'm I'm not surprised, but I hope this answered the how do I stay fired up? Just answering the question gets me fired up. How do I stay? Uh, how do I stay at home? I almost have no money. How do I stay at home? I have. Uh, well, I, don't, I believe, because reading in the contents, this was with some other comments. Um, meaning, if I have no money, why do I stay at home? Well, you shouldn't. You should be out finding something that you're passionate about. So, you know, If you stay at home and you do nothing, believe me, you know, uh, you'll do nothing. Those that have low expectations, they become self-fulfilling prophecies. Uh, money has nothing to do with it. I had $820. Uh, I, I know people that started with nothing. Uh, but $820 is pretty close to nothing if you um, is there anyone in the uh, is there anyone in, in in the group of mentees that are from Dundee no there is nobody uh, we have uh, had people from uh, Scotland through the seminar before but this uh, last group that we just had and my current mentees I have nobody from Dundee um, I read a business article called, uh, that says stop setting goals and focus, uh, in systems. Well, that fucking article is full of shit. Who read, wrote that fucking article and that fucking, the guy that wrote that article is uh, probably an idiot if you read it, if, if you comprehended the article right. A lot of information I get from you kids on these questions, you take it out of context and then you ask me to fit your own circumstances. So when I answer these questions, they're based on what I read and what I read only. And so the only disclaimer I make is that if you gave me the accurate information based on reality, then my answer is 100%. Okay. How is it that the business leader would not uh, entertain being funded, especially if they are successful? How is it that the business leader would not entertain being funded especially if they are successful. Okay. Uh, Again, I think we have uh, English as a second language problem. How is it that a business leader, a person that you would want to come on your dream team, uh, uh, not entertain, not being funded, but accepting uh, your um, uh, request? Uh, Remember, we don't want these guys for their money. We want these guys for their experience. Many, many times in the last 21 years, people have been asked, my mentees, "Well, if Dan's your mentor, or Dan is your chairman, or both, or Dan is coaching you, why don't you ask him for the money?" And the answer and I didn't think of this answer the answer came many years ago by somebody else. I think it might even been Lucinda Burke. "I don't want Dan's money. I want his expertise. I want his time." Uh, and uh, if if Lucinda was the one that came up with that and I don't recall exactly that's exactly uh, you know I charge for 4,500 euros an hour 4,500 euros an hour for uh, consulting I price myself uh, hopefully out of the market because I I don't really want to do that I don't want to be tempted to do a consulting gig although I had one earlier this year and and, and not spend the 30 or 35 percent of my time pro bono that I do with the mentees remember i give everything away free except for the seminar the castle seminar because i want you to pay a price i want to see how many people are willing to put it on credit cards how many people you know because there's a much higher probability of those people being successful if, if they're willing to put themselves under that stress but then the 12 months that i mentor you i coach you after that is for free i mean you kids couldn't afford me when well, uh, companies can't afford me forget the kids so the, uh, it, don't worry about the, 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 um, the idea that um, you're going to have successful people turn you down because they can't get paid. A lot of people thought of you after watching The Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> Do you agree? Well, I believe I'm a better speaker than the guy that the movie was about. Mm-hmm. I know I've been more successful than the guy that the movie was about. I know I'm just as passionate if not more passionate than the guy the movie was about, but unfortunately, those things existed. I had already been gone from the Wall Street firm that I was with uh, several years before that that particular guy was uh, out there but I can assure you I knew of people doing that kind of stuff even when I was there uh, as far as Do I agree that I am like him vis-à-vis determination, vis-à-vis passion, and all the characteristics of a high-performance person that I talk about? Yeah, I'm like that. But all high-performance people aren't goody-two-shoes. Hitler, Stalin, Mussolini, Attila the Hun, Vlad the Impaler, and I have a whole list at the castle of a wall of influencers on the left-hand side, the people that influence me in, in, in one degree or another. I have them alongside pictures of Christ, Buddha, Mother Teresa, the Pope, Churchill, right next to Stalin. So um, not everybody is, uh, uses high-performance uh, characteristics to, for the good. How do you approach mentors? Okay. It's pretty simple. So on my site, I believe I, I wrote a newsletter on it back in the, the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, it's uh, in the book. You find somebody that is where you are. Where they are now is where you want to be now, okay? Which means they're seniors to you, uh, not just in business knowledge and experience and acumen, but in, had, had, they've already built wealth. They've already uh, attained a track record. You approach them. Hopefully through a third party if that's because a third party referral is always better than a cold call But if not a cold call we have people as we as I make this podcast That have approached high-profile people worth hundreds of millions if not billions uh, And uh, at least got an audience and and in many cases got them to be their mentor and their chairman Uh, you go to them and you and they need to buy off on you as an individual first your passion, and your general idea, not your specific idea. Uh, and uh, the, uh, they should be geographically close to you. It's not a mandatory. They should um, have something else in common. I've said many times, Jim Newman and I had tennis. Costa Grasso and I had fine food and, and, um, and cigars uh, and wine. Uh, and Jerry Orman and I had golf. Because every minute of the day, you're not, you know, it becomes boring for them if you're asking them business questions all the time. Better to say, um, uh, Jim Newman, when I'm hitting that backhand, you know, should I break my wrist a little? Or uh, how do you think this green breaks, Jerry Ormond? Uh, and Costa, do you think that this is a, a, this a 1964 Chateau Margaux is worth us drinking? Uh, I hope I answer the question and I'll talk about it in other podcasts. Uh, Is there a good reason to give up equity? Yeah, there's a very fucking good reason to give up equity, you dipshits. You give it up to give them an incentive because then they have skin in the game in your your dream, in your passion. That's that's the good reason. Uh, With today's low margins in business, how do you apply QLA to manage them? Well, I don't agree with today's low margins in business. This sounds like a guy that's been reading too many books. And I made a big deal on um, YouTube during the seminar Books, reading books are great, okay, but as, as uh, Robert Bauer, who's been to the seminar seven, eight times, uh, said, I would rather have somebody that's been involved in 700 transactions uh, that, uh, and my estimation over 45, almost 50 years in business and uh, 21 years coaching, people that read books don't take action. They read fucking books instead of taking action. That's their excuse to procrastinate. I'm going to say it again. People that read fucking books don't take action. They use that as a reason to procrastinate. There's eight or ten books that I've read. I've skimmed maybe a hundred. And I've read those eight or ten books, and I'm not going to list them. I've listed them ad nauseam before. Um, But the first book is Think and Grow Rich. The second book is mine. And I've read read my book probably more times than anybody that's watching this. Reread it. What was the lowest point in your life? Uh, In recent years, probably the lowest point in my life was my mother passed away uh, Christmas Eve, 2003 after uh, i had not been so kind to her uh, she had moved to scotland and i it's one of the, my great regrets in life i told my mother you're not fucking sick mom you're not going to die you act like you're going to die <sighs> in 48 hours uh, she had gone so uh, that was probably it other than that uh, and uh, the you know all the rest is bullshit All the rest is bullshit. Why do you keep trying to teach people something that is so easy to do? A-fucking-man. Praise Allah. Some of your high-performance friends asked you this before. Praise Allah. A-fucking-man. Yes, they have. Why do I do that? It's a very good question. The answer is because I want, in my lifetime, since I initiated QLA, in uh, 1993 to bring as many people across the goal line as I can to fulfill their dreams. Because what I'm doing is, as Mr. Be- Bezos, uh, and I agree on having an 80-year-old regret minimization formula. I want you to have as few regrets as humanly possible by the time you reach 80 or 90 if you live longer. Uh, and I, instead of uh, uh, a, a trunk, Uh, or suitcase this size with your regrets. I want you to have a little purse this size with your regrets. We're all going to have regrets. I'm doing my best to minimize those regrets. And when I do that, just as I have already in the last 21 years, uh, I will be known as the um, greatest high-performance coach that ever lived. uh, And I want to leave that legacy. Uh, and uh, after I'm gone, it's not likely anybody will take up the baton, as they say in UK, or baton, as they say the rest of the world, to carry on with QLA, but that's fine. There's enough written uh, and documented stuff for it to live forever, kind of like the Bible. And when I hold, the reason why the, your first hundred million looks like a Bible uh, is because I'm telling you what the Lord knows about being high performance. You are fucking inspirational. Thank you. I certainly will uh, not walk into a bank and say, can I get the fucking, (laughs) can I get a fucking loan? But as a lady, profanity is taboo. This is a woman asking this. Society is so full of shit. uh, They put labels on everything. I have high work ethics, um, life values, dignity, but I like to say fuck every now and then. What do you think, Dan? Well, I think it's all right to say fuck every now and then. I mean, and I have a, 20- 20- or 30-minute section on uh, aggressive language in the, se- in the Castle Seminar. And uh, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, it. It means you're passionate about something. If I talk like this and I never use a bad word, uh, I would probably convince many less than I have in the past 21 years. People want to be associated with somebody that's passionate. And even though it's politically not correct for a woman to sound passionate, it's okay. Uh, If you are a salaried worker and just put in an hour um, a day uh, in unpaid overtime, in just eight years, you would have given a whole year's worth of work for free. What the fuck? He says, question. Is it worth it? Yes. Don't keep track of the clock. And if you are keeping track of the clock, you should leave. Do something else. How to make my enemies recognize the values hidden in me. Well, I wouldn't be so worried about making your enemies recognize the values hidden in you. I would concentrate on making your coworkers, your colleagues, and your employer uh, recognizing the values hidden in, uh, hidden in you. A crowdsourcing, uh, is cross co- this is another question about crowdsourcing, uh, becomes a more dominant source of finance, and he uses uh, example Kickstarter. Do you see traditional finance losing its foothold? No, I don't see it losing its foothold. Uh, it's just another tool in the toolbox. Do you think crowdsourcing could ever start the next JP Morgan? Uh, I don't know. Probably not in my lifetime. What criteria do you use for selecting firms you work with? Pretty simple. Obviously, honesty, integrity is is a given. Uh, the bigger the names, the more I like them. But more importantly, Every firm, a partner, one of the big law firms, international law firms told me many years ago, every every relationship is only one person thick or thin. uh, And it's really the engagement partner in those big firms. If the engagement partner believes in you, he can make magic or she can make magical things happen. So I look for the individual, not the firm. Thought about this for a while and figured I should go bold and direct after what I want. My question is simply, let me guess, uh, how do I get to the castle free? Let me see. Dan, can I have a scholarship? I like this new. I, I never used the word scholarship for the QLA seminar at your castle. It's what I want, so I might as uh, well ask you for it. One must have a definite, uh, definite purpose, and that's my goal. Uh, we do. Get, we don't. I don't. I don't call them scholarships, but we do do from ca- time to time pro bonos at the uh, at the castle seminar. We've had priests there, and uh, needless to say, the priests aren't paying uh, full tilt or, in some cases, no tilt. Uh, and we have a student program, but you've got to be a real student. As I put in my newsletter, you can't be a 40- or 50-year-old person taking one class at a junior college in, uh, uh, in Mississippi. Um, and, um, and we have a PPP, Pena Payment Plan, which has become very popular in 2014. Uh, and, uh, but you've got to qualify. You've got to fill out a questionnaire. Uh, and uh, and uh, not everybody qualifies. So, um, but uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't give out scholarships like that just because you ask for them. What question has not been asked but has a significant impact on the success for QLA method? There have been countless questions that haven't been asked. Um, and uh, all, of them, all of them have impact on the success of the QLA method. But the questions that haven't been asked are germane or pertinent to the individual. QLA is a program that works for everybody if you're passionate and you follow the steps. QLA is not a menu like a potpourri. Well, I have a little of this. I have a little of that. I have a little... That doesn't work. Using any QLA is beneficial. Using all QLA is massively beneficial, but it's massively disruptive on the way you lived your life heretofore. So that answer to that question is everyone is different. A question that hasn't been asked could be stem from your lack of self-esteem. A question that hasn't been asked could stem from uh, the fact that uh, you you think you're too old. Uh, a question that hasn't been asked could stem from uh, you think you're too young. And I can go on and on. Hey Dan, I've heard from a few sources that once you achieve a certain level of success, that you will develop enemies in the climbing the ladder of uh, new heights. Is that true? If so, how do you deal with it? And have you de- uh, how do you develop any enemy, And have you developed any enemies from your accomplishments? Number one, it's not true. It's how you treat people. I do believe in karma. What comes around goes around. I've tried to be uh, uh, and have been very fair and honest with everybody I've dealt with. You can look on YouTube and there's virtually uh, very, very little bad stuff written about me. And nobody has said that I've cheated them. Um, uh, The only bad thing you can find uh, on the internet about me is my uh, fiasco in India where uh, I wouldn't bribe somebody and uh, they closed us down, put one of the business partners under house arrest, and then a few years later the charges were dropped for lack of uh, wrongful evidence. I forget how it's put. All those papers are on Wikipedia. Uh, But um, have I developed enemies? No, not really. There's some people that don't like me, but they're not my enemies, not because I fucked them in business, but they don't like me because they don't uh, agree that uh, uh, the harsh, uh, uh, most direct uh, route between point A and point B is a straight line, and sometimes that straight line uh, uh, is a personal affront to some people. QLA was not developed to hurt people's feelings. QLA was not developed to piss people off. But if the people that are uh, in the line of your um, uh, road to success that are causing you obstacles, they will feel uh, uh, pissed off if you go around them uh, and or over them. And none of that has certainly kept me from any of my accomplishments. What do I want most? I want as many of you as I can possibly pull, push, punch, kick, across the goal line to fulfill your dreams and in doing that for me to leave the legacy is the the best high-performance coach that ever lived Um, and uh, that's what I want most what is the best way to surround myself with high-performance business role models if I work from home tough uh, but you can still have uh, high-performance colleagues. I mean, if you do, uh, for example, if you're on the Internet and you're part of a virtual office, uh, if the people that you're dealing with uh, aren't returning your calls, etc., don't deal with them. Just before this filming, I overheard a conversation from some of my people that uh, some guy uh, who had an appointment that was supposed to come to our offices and decided he didn't want to and he wanted to Skype. Well, he's next. Fuck him. Throw him off. Uh, because if, if that's any indication as my senior marketing and project manager who's a woman said he's just a cunt now a year ago or so uh, she wouldn't talk that way but sometimes th- that word describes people uh, to a hilt uh, does the chairman of the new venture need specific industry experience uh, it's helpful but not absolutely required uh, so, but it's helpful, but not absolutely required. Uh, Mr. Pena, I am pleased to find this great opportunity. I'm on the way to start a first business. So many questions. I said to myself, this is it. I wrote on a piece of paper the most important question that my mind could find. When writing it, clarifying answers were coming. and and I searched next most important question and answers came and so on. It happened that no question was good enough for a serious debate with Mr. Pena because when writing it down the answers appeared to be ridiculously simple and clear. And I could hear your voice saying, what the fuck? Uh, This is a QLA question. Uh, Did you think before asking, you Romanian gypsy woman obviously she's a gypsy lady, um, so, I now have an open list of my most important questions and open an and open self-made list of clarifying answers to my most important questions. In your opinion, will this type of continuity, or continuously growing list of clarifying and leading answers take uh, uh, one in the position to be able to offer himself with whatever he desires and someday a Bentley and a similar list of self-made answers to someone? The answer is yes, and when, what she's uh, saying in a roundabout way, if you write it down, it becomes clear. And if you are reading and following the QLA methodology and all the free stuff that I've told you about uh, for a long, long time, after writing it down, it becomes clear. And, uh, or after writing it down and thinking about it for a few minutes or an hour, uh, it becomes clear. But the more sophisticated, or that, I don't like to use that word, the more knowledgeable about QLA that you get, the more these questions that will be answered. What has the best use of your money been to date? What unforgettable uh, experiences have you been able to create due to your great wealth? Well, what has been the, uh, the best use of your money uh, been to date? Um, well, some of them I'm not listening to them in any particular order. Uh, the education uh, of my children uh, and fine institutions, uh the uh, charities that my wife uh, and i have uh, been able to support over the years including uh, two mother teresa orphanages uh the um the s uh, pena student athlete uh, scholarship college scholarship at uh, lincoln high school in uh, los angeles where my dad uh, was an all-state athlete uh, for the last four or five years we've sent uh, a number of kids off to college that uh, might not have been able to go um, the uh, experience have you uh, what experience have you been able to create well, experiences I mean uh, going to the magne- magnetic South Pole to renew uh, our vows my wife Sally and I uh, being able to travel all over the world uh, several times a year uh, uh, being able to uh, experience uh, all the continents, uh, you, know, you know, probably a hundred countries, uh, uh, being uh, introduced uh, to uh, uh, three presidents of the United States, I think five members of the royal family in the UK. Um, uh, these are some of the things Um, but being able to give away all the QLA product uh, and not have to make a living off of it uh, is uh, a great benefit and it makes me feel very good Um, the um, what separates me from all the other that I know of um, personal development success coaches whatever you want to call them uh, is that um, I'm not making a living off of it uh, and I'm not, uh, you know, I could give seminars and probably fill up pretty big uh, rooms, but I don't do that because I, I, I know, which I used to, because I used to give these things away in the 90s to big uh, rooms of 7, 8, 900 people, uh, that my effectiveness was uh, okay by industry standards, but certainly wasn't okay by my own standards. I have fire curtain manufacturing businesses in the UK. How did this get in there? So what? Would you recommend asking someone to be a mentor in the same business as you were? Um, uh, and could you possibly be in a direct competition in the future? Uh, well, I don't know anybody in the fire curtain business. Uh, and if you ask somebody that's in your business to be your chairman, you take that risk. Um, but you, you know, you have to be careful uh, that you don't already compete with the, the gentleman or the lady. As someone who, who just recently got out of high school with a fantastic computer skills, but not very many business skills, do you suggest pursuing an MBA or should I just follow QLA uh, and get real world experience? I would assume uh, a great mentor and dream team would help make up for my lack of knowledge and am I correct in thinking so? Yes, you are. I don't like to tell anybody not to go to school uh, because I know I told my own children to go to school. But we certainly have a lot of examples of people that never went to university, i.e. Steve Jobs, uh, amongst others. And so um, you have to follow your heart. If your heart is that you found something that you're passionate about now, then you're still young enough to postpone university for a year or two to find out if you really are. If you're not, if you're questioning and you have the ability to go to school, then I'd go to school. Mr. Pena, if you could take the one best character trait from each of your three most successful mentees and combine them to make the ultimate high-performance person, what would these qualities uh, or character traits be? I don't even have to think about it, and it's not one from each, it's all the same. Just fucking do it. They all just did it. They listened. Follow QLA, <coughs> and they had faith in it, and they just did it. Doesn't the philosophy, the more you, ah, uh, this is a good question. Doesn't the philosophy, the more you investigate, you'll, uh, you'll have um, less you'll invest, contradict the philosophy instantly decided on if a deal is hot or not? If one instantly evaluates a deal to be hot, Shouldn't he go forward with it irrespective of what your investigation reveals? No. Again, consult your lawyer, accountant, and your own personal advisors, but no. It's hot or it's not hot. That's when you investigate it. You know, she's walking th- towards you uh, saying, Dan, Dan, I'm single, Dan, I'm young. Dan, Dan, come with me, okay? You know, i got to investigate this. Now, in the, in the year... 2014, I got to worry about. Does she have venereal diseases? You know, A, and I got to think about all this. So that's part of the investigation. So it's either hot or it's not hot vis a vis taking the first step towards investigation. Um, what specific questions should I ask potential Dream Team members during their interview? Okay, <laughs> well, um, assuming you have a chairman it doesn't say here. Uh, The questions are, you know, do they have time, Uh, do they know anything about the industry, Uh, do you uh, understand, you know, how passionate I am, Uh, the, uh, uh, we don't want your money, Uh, uh, we want your expertise. Uh, 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 I'm adding questions and statements. Um, we will give uh, all uh, board members, um, Dream Team members, uh, a percentage equity based on their activity, which c- could be for, uh, from 1% to 2% for just a, a board, not just, but a board member, and 3 to 5% for a chief financial officer or finance director, and up to uh, 10% for a chairman. Uh, I don't do these deals for 10%, and I'm not here to sell you to ask me, but I get a lot more than 10%. Okay, uh, the, uh, what specific materials do I need ready to present to my potential Dream Team members? Um, he's got listed here, you give him your mission statement, you give him an execu- uh, executive summary of your idea, your mission statement, his profile, meaning his, the guy that's asking them, uh, all correct, that's all correct, um, and those are easily uh, put together. Just to be clear, the process is one, set up a Dream Team. Two, find a deal. Three, uh, and that dream team includes, uh, extended portion of your dream team includes your accountants and lawyers on a success fee basis. Um, uh, find a deal, find the money, correct? Yes, correct. Or should I have the deal before the dream team so they understand what the, I'm attempting? No, you don't need the deal before the dream team. You need the dream team first. Uh, Because that's how you're going to get the deal. That's how you're going to get somebody to have confidence in you to give you an opportunity to buy a deal because you're you're getting the extended track record uh, of uh, your Dream Team members. Uh, At what point is the process do I set up the company, LLC, uh, DBA, uh, corporation? As soon as you put your Dream Team together, you set up the corporation and issue the uh, the equity. I don't like to give the, um, the Dream Team members, the board, options. I like to give them direct equity. 2%. Uh, uh, in different parts of the world, nobody ever gives them anything. <laughs> so, it's a big deal. Uh, do you think it makes sense to hire a bank? Uh, again, English is a second language. Hire a bank to do my auditing, account management, payroll. No, I, I don't think it's a good idea uh, to do uh, your auditing, account management, and payroll. Uh, you should have, uh, you know, uh, not your dream team member either. Your board guy who's on your uh, dream team, who's an accountant perhaps, uh, isn't, didn't come there to do your auditing and account management payroll. Uh, you should do that internally uh, or uh, outsource it, but not to your bank. If possible, can, should it be uh, one of the banks who intend to give me, again, you shouldn't use the bank for that. If I end up uh, needing angel investor and the current board members are not willing to put up money, they shouldn't put up money, you dipshit. That's not why you asked them there. Uh, should I look for an angel investor using the same method to find board members? Yes, yeah, similar method. Uh, uh, you won't be saying I'm going to give you equity to be my angel investor. They'll tell you what equity. Uh, have you ever acquired an entire franchise? Uh, no. I've been chairman of an entire franchise before, uh, not just one or two locations. No, I've never done that before. Um, uh, if so, did the acquisition prove to be a significantly different process than others? No. Acquiring a franchise is not any different than acquiring uh, a business, but you're going to have existing liabilities because you've got the people that bought the, the franchises from you, <clears throat> uh, and normally people aren't selling the franchise because they're doing well, so you have to be very cognizant of the liabilities that are coming with the franchise. This gentleman uh, or lady says, my burning desire is to acquire and or start as many daycare centers and private schools as possible. Well, uh, God be with you, Allah be with you, Buddha be with you. That's great. That's great. There's nothing wrong with that. Ah, Do you think there's exponential growth uh, involved in education? Uh, Yes, I do. Uh, um, I just just mentioned uh, my my Chinese example. Uh, I personally believe so, but I'd like to hear your thoughts. Have you ever acquired or assisted uh, in acquisition of an educational institution? Uh, Not directly. Indirectly, I have. Uh, But there's different kinds of education. Um, Have have any of your mentees financed or raised money to start their own educational institution? Um, uh, No. Uh, Not to the best of my knowledge. But we're talking about direct mentees. I've got tens of thousands of mentees that only read the book, well, not only, the read the book, have the tapes, uh, CDs, et cetera. Uh, and I know for a fact uh, that they were involved in education, but uh, I wasn't part of that. Uh, and to the best of my knowledge, they were successful, but I can't give you any statistics. Uh, what are your thoughts on using government funding versus acquisition loan when it comes to owning and operating daycare centers? Well, my general thoughts on government funding is they're absolutely terrific. Uh, the governments, and there's all kinds of different methods uh, to utilize government money. Uh, and I would go there first uh, as, a, as opposed to uh, uh, using uh, individual uh, personal finance. Uh, do you think that a tender, loving approach towards pushing people towards their peak performance is effective as your boot camp approach? And if not, why not? It's not that I get exasperated by this goddamn kind of questioning, but um, just look how you fucking turned out. Did tender loving care work with you? If it fucking worked so successfully with you, why the fuck aren't you more successful? It's an axiom. I mean, it's not insulting because a lot of people you know, don't get it. And the second part of the question that I'm not in love with is I don't have a boot camp approach. You would know a fucking boot camp if it bit you in the balls or the crotch if you're a lady. I mean, it it infuriates me when all these marketing guys and these personal development guys talk about boot camps. They wouldn't know a fucking boot camp if it hit them in the head with an axe. I mean, I happened to go through 12 months of vigorous, very hard military training, arguably six months of it during my officer training, the best in the world at the time in the 60s uh and uh it pisses me off for people to use boot camp they don't know what the fucking boot camp means boot camp as i told when i um uh was being interviewed for um, by the big talent agency that uh ultimately uh decided to take me on boot camp to me means uh when uh they plant you on a anthill and throw honey on you and let you stay there for 10 12 30 40 hours Boot camp training to me is when they hang you by your thumbs and put battery wires to your fucking testicles. Boot camp to me is when they put you up in a tree and they throw you out, or you slip because of tired, you can't hang on anymore, and they've tied a rope to your ankle and you break your fucking leg. That's boot camp to me, kids. So don't insult me as having gone through that training with the boot camp approach. And that's why, virtually, I don't know anybody that does that that, that, that I can have confidence in. I mean, call it something else, call it what it is. The camps for cunts, pussies, degenerates. And that's why I've been so successful. And that's why my mentees have been so successful. The tender loving care approach does not fucking work. In the short term, if you've got 10, 15, 20 years to build an organization, it can work. But what I teach you to do, what I drag you across the goal line uh, to do is to create wealth that would normally take a generation in three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. If you want to create it in 20, 25, 30 years, it works. But by definition, QLA is getting to point from point A to f- point fucking B in the shortest possible time. Shortest. Not the boot camp wussy way. Thanks for the opportunity to learn from you, Dan. I have invested five years of my uh, time into my business. It's worth one to five million. Well, if you don't know if it's worth one million or five million, you've got a challenge here. I can continue to grow it without external financing. Your plan could grow it faster, but is it worth the risk and complication to deal with Snobbish know-it-all mentors and herd-like retarded investors. Well, you got a problem, Mr. or Miss. Um, if that's what you think, then don't waste your time with QLA. Uh and if you don't know if your business is worth one to five million dollars, you're fucked up. Something's wrong with you. You gone to too many of those wussy cunt-like boot camps I just talked about. And if you think the snobbish know-it-all mentors, Well, the mentors, remember, are people that are where you want to be someday in the future. But you're still a know-nothing, so, I mean, you got the wrong attitude. And herd-like investors, who else would give you money if you don't even know what the fucking value of your company is? One to five million. Are you retarded? And I don't mean that in in a bad way for all the people that have uh, mental uh, uh, handicap challenges. But you got to get your head fucking screwed on straight. Dear Dan, can you comment on being successful in a corporate group and what the difference are, be, uh, are to being an entrepreneur? Well, as you know, my uh, corporate uh, all-star success of all time is Klaus Kleinfeld. He's currently chairman and CEO of Alcoa, was uh, CEO of Siemens uh, AG, uh, the 20 or 22nd largest company in the world at the time, who came to me as a middle manager in uh, uh, seven years... Yeah, seven years later he was appointed CEO. Uh, He used it to climb the corporate ladder. He used it to be one of the great CEOs of uh, the last 20-25 years, and he's still one of the great CEOs uh, of the last 20-25 years. Um, But the basic difference is you have to learn how to use it in uh, the political nature of a a large corporation with a lot of bureaucracy. slows you down a little, but uh, it still makes it possible. If you're my father and I am 24 years old and have not done business before and I aspire to be successful like you, what advice would you uh, give me? Well, I wouldn't advise you to be my kid, as my children, God love them, would tell you and as I t- wrote in my last newsletter. But um, the, uh, because as my daughter would say, God love her, recent graduate from Northwestern where she got her master's degree and has her uh, first real grown-up job uh, with a Fortune 500 company. Uh, It's not easy being Dan Pena's son or daughter. But the advice I would give you is just fucking do it. Uh, And for the most part, don't listen to your parents. Uh, But if I'm your parent, you should listen to me or at least take it into consideration in your uh, decision-making process. Uh, And Just fucking do it. Uh, Even if your dad doesn't like it. And if I'm your dad, even if I don't like it. Follow your heart. Uh, In order to have an asset in real estate, I must buy cash. Uh, How do you turn liabilities into (laughs) into assets? Well, I wish I had a box that turned shit into gold, and I wouldn't be be doing this. I'd just be selling this. I'm being facetious now. Selling this to all you guys and gals. If I do not uh, have enough income uh, to buy cash. In other words, you're talking about cash flow. Uh, You're talking about to to buy more real estate, you have to have cash flow. To get your first real estate, Uh, um, you need to do the first deal. As Henry Ford Sr. said many, many years ago, you don't want to to say you're talking about it, you want to say that you have done it in the past. Everybody, no matter whether it's real estate, cosmetics, internet, you want to have done your first deal because then you've got a track record. And it's also uh, uh, easier to attract, uh, not also, it is easier to attract money. How can I pay the mortgage while I'm just fucking doing it? Okay. That's how you pay the mortgage by just fucking doing it, um, you know. You know, uh, go out and get two or three jobs if uh, if necessary. People in third world countries understand that better than you know the spoiled kids in the Western world. Uh, I have mentees that have more than one job. What is the best way to bring on board your first dream team member when you don't have an uh, ideal track record or other existing members? Your first dream team member, or I hope you mean, uh, your chairman, has to be sold on you and the general concept. Uh, How would you describe a life well lived? A life well lived is when it comes time for you to meet your maker, if you believe in that. Whether it's Allah, Buddha, or uh, Muhammad, uh, is that you have the least amount of regrets as humanly possible. And you can control those because, uh, you know, I'm probably older, a lot older than uh, virtually everybody watching this. And I can be your father or your grandfather. And uh, I know I will have known my life as well lived because I have the fewest regrets possible. I go out of my way to make sure I do things that I won't regret. If you could have dinner with one person, living or dead, who would it be and why? Well, whether uh Christ was a real person uh well i i 'm positive he was a real person, whether he was the Son of God or not is 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 up to uh conjecture from a lot of people. I would have liked to met christ I would have liked to have been at his last Supper uh I guarantee I would have been able to tell him that Judas was going to uh, do what he did, sell him down the river uh and the uh uh, but there are other people that I would have uh, liked to have been around, uh, uh, not such great, I mean very lum- much luminaries but uh, not with such great reputations. I would have liked to have met Stalin, Hitler, Mussolini, Vlad the Impaler. Uh, 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 I would have liked to have met uh, the um, all the great religious heads uh, and, uh, and, and and why? Because it would have been a learning experience. Now, I, this sounds braggadocious, and I don't mean it that, that, this way, um, but I'm sure I'm going to get some smart-ass emails or tweets about it. When I go into a room of uh, even experienced people, I'm normally uh, more experienced than sometimes the whole room put together. Now, that's not much of a learning experience for me, but if I could, could have gone back in time, uh, you know, I'm sure I would have learned from these guys. Okay, now, um, will you help me be all I can be? Well, the way I can help you be all you can be, and this goes for not just the person that sent this question in, but for everybody that's that's watching this, is for you to uh, listen to all my, and read all my free stuff that I have on my site, uh, for you to go uh, and uh, look on iTunes, and YouTube, because now we put uh, uh, some of my old product on iTunes and YouTube. Um, to uh, go to Torrent, for those of you that don't have um, the, uh, or don't know about Torrent, which I'm sure everybody that's watching this knew about Torrent before I did. And uh, as I mentioned in a previous podcast, if I'd known about Torrent <clears throat> years ago, I would have put everything up free a long, long time ago. Uh, but I didn't. I only recently found out about it. And I thought that torrent was hit or miss, but there's a lot, you know, virtually uh, almost all my stuff uh, was uh, is on between torrent and I, YouTube and uh, uh, iTunes. Everything I've got is on there now. But that's the way you can be all you can. I can help you be all you can be. What are the steps to undertake for me to make the first hundred bin, me the first hundred billion dollar man? Um, I'm ready to work on this mission yesterday. Well, thank you very much. I'm already on my way to being a $100 billion man. As I said, uh, we talk about $50 billion because these are people that I can mention the names of, but we're uh, s- significantly over that already. But uh, the, um, I think this gentleman is uh, referring to coming to work for me. And I have a lot of people that want to come to work for me, and I thank you very much for the offer. But uh, I only uh, bring kids on that have gone through the process, and that's a ca- the Castle Seminar. And I only do deals with people that I personally trained uh, at the Castle Seminar. Uh, Mr. Pena, as you have said, people change uh, only out of inspiration or desperation. Yes, sir. That's correct. Uh, while um, being desperate is a good, uh, good to let the emotions, I mean, in that case, uh, anger as a driving force to have a strong influence over decisions. Uh, if so, how can anger be controlled and channeled into the right activities? Uh, its influence gives great courage to uh, get out of uh, the comfort zone. While I believe wisdom and rage from mentor dream team is very important in such situation, it is unlikely to expect such guidance uh, with every single action. That's correct. Um, you, um, your dream team, and especially your mentor, is there... Uh, uh, to give you uh, wisdom and courage uh, when you need it. I didn't need any courage. I occasionally needed wisdom and anger, and I got that from Mr. Grazos, uh, Mr. Ormond, uh, and uh, Mr. Newman. Uh, But it's not, you can't expect it in every single action. I mean, life, uh, career is a long, long time. And a career is a marathon. It's not uh, individual sprints. Um, So uh, you're right in that regard, uh, but it, it can be of assistance. Mr. Pena, as far as I know, your QLA system is based on consolidated, fragmented industries. Yet I have a business in a non-chaos fragmented, in, non-chaos fragmented industry. Would your system still be able to help me grow geometrically? If yes, how would you grow this kind of business? Okay. Um, your business is in a fragmented industry, but it's not a chaos-ridden. Uh, uh, it doesn't have to be in chaos. It's, it's more lucrative if it's in chaos but even if it's not not in chaos or it's not in a fragmented industry uh it can help because it will allow you to uh consolidate uh small mom and pop companies uh and um, professionalize uh get rid of redundant uh systems processes and procedures make one consistent uh, uh system throughout the uh acquisition candidates that will become part of your organization so while it's easier and more lucrative in a fragmented, chaotic, chaotic industry, it's not absolutely mandatory. Um, if you could take someone under your wing and teach them everything you've learned through trial and error, uh, what would I teach them? It's that's, that, that's, that's not a hard question, but it's, it, it's somewhat perplexing when I get it, because that's what the QLA system is all about. You're learning from my experiences, not just before, when I took $800 and turned it into over $400 million, but you're learning from my experiences from uh, being a teenager, unfulfilled teenager, grab-ass, fuck-up, uh, to performing my first high-performance act, graduating from OCS, uh, Officers Candidate School, uh, in 1967, uh, etc. Um, so uh, you're learning as if you were under my wing. Um, and so, but... It, you need to use the system. And again, it's not a potpourri, it's not a menu. You can't take one or two things off of the list of 25 or 30. You you need to do all the things. How can the seminar specifically change uh, the statistical odds of success? Well, I I think it's more than statistical uh, statistical odds, because we have a 100% success rate uh, if you follow the process. If you don't follow the process, while you're going to be better off for going to the seminar, uh, you're going to be e- even geometrically more better off. If that's proper English, and I don't think it is, uh, if you f- go to the seminar and you follow the process, uh, there's 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 no there's no one that we've had conti- complete the seminar, I should say, <clears throat> that hasn't been more successful in the the, the weeks, months, and years to come. Uh, Post-seminar. How can you attain or get unshakable self-esteem? It's not unshakable. Uh, Mine can be uh, shaken uh, from time to time, but not recently. I think I've mentioned in a previous podcast that the last time that I I felt um, unnerved, so to speak, was when I was presented um, uh, to uh, the Queen, uh, you know, Christ, it must be 20 years ago. I felt dry mouth, Uh, I was a little apprehensive, wasn't sure exactly what I was supposed to do, kneel, curtsy, whatever. Um, But the way is you you associate with, and you, I don't like the word hang around because high performance people are like eagles, they fly alone. But when you start dealing with high performance people that have high self-esteem, it rubs off. But it's not 100% unshakable. Now certain things that I have 100% uh, unshakable self-confidence in. I, I engage in dangerous activities. I don't hunt wild animals anymore uh, but uh, with uh, knives and pistols. But uh, for example, just a few months ago at age 68 and a half, I did a bungee jump in, in the raging wind in New Zealand when everybody else was standing around talking about it. All the kids that was your age were just sitting around talking about it because it was too windy. Uh, I, didn't, um, I, I didn't feel uh, I wasn't afraid. I didn't feel uh, you know, frightened. Um, I did after I hit the bottom and I heard the snap of the uh, rubber or whatever that thing is that the, you jump off of and it's tied around you. I was just uh, making sure that uh, they had tied it off correctly, that it wouldn't break after I made the jump. Um, today is your last day on earth <clears throat> and you're leaving a manual for humanity about what to get where you are today without incurring all the nightmares it took you to get there. What three things um, would you include? These are the same things. This is a different kind of question that I answered. Uh, I'm not sure if it was uh, this podcast or the previous podcast, but um, just fucking do it. There aren't three things. If you just fucking do it, there aren't three things. And um, you're never going to go through life without incurring the nightmares. The only thing that will reduce the nightmares and the risks uh, and the mistakes that you're going to make are the mentor and the dream team that you acquire in the process of putting your QLA team together. But you can't go through life without making mistakes. That's just not the way life is. All I'm trying to do is reduce your mistakes, and more importantly, not reduce your mistakes, but reduce the regrets you have when it's time for you to leave this earth. Uh, And uh, that's why, uh, although uh, I'm not a believer, I know certain religions believe that you come back, you come back as something else. It has to do with karma, whether you come back as a higher status in life or lower status in life Uh, but uh, hopefully when you come back like that you've learned from your previous lives or life or lives you mentioned how self-esteem is developed during early childhood my son is two years old and i would like your advice on how to properly build his self-esteem i believe this advice would help other parents listening to uh, you as well okay i told you that um and i i spent some time uh, going over it in the seminar <clears throat> I'm different for th- three, ba- two or three basic reasons. Number one, uh, my, uh, my self-esteem was built basically by my mother, uh, who controlled, not controlled in a bad way, but uh, was uh, responsible for my life the first seven, eight years of life. But there were three basic things that she did differently. Uh, there's a book by Spock, a famous doctor, child doctor, that was, I think, written in 1946. And uh, it said um, that, uh, do not tell your child no. Uh, and uh, my mother never told me no, and uh, coincidentally or laughingly, uh, and having just gone to my 50-year reunion uh, almost a year ago, uh, a lot of kids or gals at that uh, reunion would tell you Dan didn't understand the word no. Uh, The second thing is that she didn't allow me to walk, or crawl, excuse me. We didn't have much money, and and, and poor children uh, were, uh, were equated to be even poorer Uh, if they had dirty clothes. So my mother didn't want me to have dirty clothes, so she didn't allow me to walk. So she carried me on her hip until I was able to walk. Uh, Some people say that, you know, I was two, three years old before she put me down. But I was connected to my mother at the hip. I was a mama's boy as a little kid. And, uh, but uh, the the third thing, and I just thought about this in the last seminar, uh, you know, ask yourself, when did you guys stop believing in Santa Claus? When did you stop believing in the tooth fairy? When did you stop believing uh, in the Easter Bunny or whatever the, the fantasies are? <clears throat> uh, F- Freud said, sh- look at the, 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 the average mentality of a happy little child, then look what he turns into, uh, an adult. Well, m- my parents, I, I didn't know there was no Santa Claus until I was about 11 years old. And we asked around the room at the seminar, uh, how old were they? And, and, and about the oldest we could get was seven or eight years old. And the youngest that we could get was one kid, uh, the 20-year-old kid, uh, who said he never believed in Santa Claus. He always knew uh, until he was, you know, conscious that he could think that there was no Santa Claus. Okay, well, I believed in Santa Claus until I was 11 years old. I believe I'm a big dreamer. I believe that anything can happen. Uh, I believe that you can do uh, anything you want. I have higher expectations for you than you do. So for the gentleman that's asking me about self-esteem for uh, your children, uh, if that book on Spock is still around, get it. Uh, uh, as far as letting your kid crawl, you know, you're probably not poor, as poor as I was as growing up. but uh, being close to mom and mom, uh, fulfilling a uh, uh, positive role model uh, is very important. And uh, I think it's not bad to ha- let you allow your kid to believe in fantasies for as long as they, uh, they can and be the best role model you can. Most parents are not trained or weren't raised to be role models for high performance. Loving your kid is great. And telling your kid that he can be anything uh, he or she wants to be is, is really, is not such a great idea. Because unless you give them the tools to be anything he or she wants to be, uh, you're, you're, you're allowing them uh, and setting them up for failure. When the, time, uh, uh, when the time I meet Dan, I'm sure the QLA moment is granted. My question is, uh, is, would you like to meet me and create another miracle spot in someone's life? Well, I want to meet as many people as, as I want. And I'm often surprised that not more people don't want to meet me when I'm uh, traveling around the world. I met a, a number of people going through Scandinavia. Uh, I, I, I normally meet some, somebody or a, a few people in every city that I go to. This last trip um, where it ended in London, I met a few people in London. In fact, one kid flew in from, um, I think, Bulgaria. But um, that's how I touch even more people. But the main reason, or one of the main reasons, I see you kids uh, all over is because I want to keep my uh, thumb on the pulse of what's going on in the real world, not from what I read, uh, on, uh, or not from what I hear. And i listen to cnn bbc cnbc constantly when i'm home uh or in the in a hotel room but i I want to learn and and uh, and live through your experiences so i'm living vicariously through you so that's how i change lives Uh, but uh, if you want to work with me personally you're gonna have to get to the castle seminar somehow i have two mentors right now one teaching me real estate wholesaling and another teaching me Facebook advertising. I know eventually I'll need to focus on something. How do I know what to focus on? How do I know what I'll focus on will have potential to make millions? Well, let me answer the last question first. You won't know that it has the potential to make millions, but if it's in real estate or, 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 or internet, it has the potential. People have already made many millions before you. But how do I know what to focus on? What do you love? Do you love real estate more than Facebook advertising or the internet? Pick the one that you love the most, that you have the most passion for, and follow your heart. Um, what should I do to keep the feeling of alertness and need for achievement constantly high in my life? Life is a fucking short, as you said, uh, but, uh, you often, but so often we forget. Yes, life is short, and pretty soon you're going to be 70, like I am, almost. Uh, and uh, it's tough, uh, but it's not impossible. If you stay focused on being all you can be every single day, if you measure what you are every single day. Today, at the end of the day, did I pass or did I fail? Uh, In my weekly reports, I have my mentees uh, grade themselves from 0 to 100. In the beginning, uh, they grade themselves at 80 or 90. uh, And I, uh, I throw it out and I say, that's not acceptable. If you were an 80 or 90, you would need me and you wouldn't have needed the seminar. So we have people after the the first or second or third week grading themselves 0 to 10, 1, 25, 40. Uh, And that's more reality. Uh, Even I don't grade myself probably more than 70 or 75 on any given day. Some days I have 90 or 95, but some days I only have 50. But my standards are a hell of a lot higher than yours. So by your standards, I'd probably be 100 every single day but I get to accomplish a hell of a lot more than probably anybody watching this um, or listening to it um, because I've continued to raise the bar. Hell, I still am raising the bar. Who at almost 70 would get involved uh, with uh, the potential of doing a a reality show when 99.9% of all reality shows either don't get off the ground and or fail? Who would uh, uh, consider Going, having to go through the uh, interviewing process, which I've just completed in London with uh, talent agencies and uh, production companies. Who would do that at my age? Hell, that's what 30-, 35-, 40-year-old individuals do. Not at my age, but I'm continuing to push the envelope. I continue to raise the bar. I continue to take on risks. I don't mind failing. Now, in my particular case, uh, I was successful, but I always presume that I'm going to be successful. And uh, the, uh, one of the largest talent agencies in the world uh, has taken me on. And uh, the number one UK independent production company for 2014 has taken me on. Um, and so, uh, but I assume success. I assume success in every meeting I go to. In your books, you advocate setting up uh, as a uh, S-corp. Okay, that's, those books are old. But with the new entities like the LLCs, uh, series LLCs, LLPs, etc. Do you still believe in beginning as an S-Corp? Okay. I like limited liability companies, uh, limited liability partnerships, but for uh, uh, S-Corps still work. S-Corps still work and the reason I I used to like S-Corps and I still don't dislike them is because you can uh, easily switch from S-Corp to something else. Dan, everybody believes you have everything in life. What do you really wish to have achieved which is still missing at your uh, life now? Uh, I still want to climb Kilimanjaro uh, <clears throat> up until recently, I wanted to uh, jump out of uh, the, um, the satellite like uh, Baumgartner did uh, last year. Uh, and I actually went to Salzburg and I actually looked at the capsule. Uh, and I, under- I know that uh, I-, I have a way of g- getting to the uh, Red Bull uh, owner who sponsors it. <clears throat> but uh, I'm too big for the capsule. Uh, it, you know, uh, I'm not saying that's my reason for taking it off my bucket list, but uh, there's all kinds of other things. I wanted to possibly do it on my 70th birthday. But uh, what if the weather's not right? There's too many variables in. Uh, so I'm going to have to postpone that um, and it's temporarily off my bucket list. Maybe I'll, I'll be able to do it uh, between on my 75th birthday or uh, closing in on my 75th birthday. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, Another thing is I'd I'd like to meet the Pope, Uh, and uh, that's more doable than uh, jumping from space 120 miles. But another thing that's on my bucket list and that I'm working on is I'd like to uh, be part of an exorcism. Uh, And uh, I just found out recently that the Catholic church is not the only uh, religion that does exorcisms. Uh, Jewish uh, religion has a type of exorcism. But uh, I'm in contact with one of the leading exorcist priests on the planet here, Father Mateo. And he's on a sabbatical right now in Spain, and I hope to start working on that when he gets back in a couple of months. But I'd like to participate, and not all the positions in an exorcism are um, uh, held by uh, uh, priests. Uh, and uh, so I'll, uh, hopefully I'd be one of the lay persons sitting there, I know you're the devil, but the devil will leave your body, and screaming at him. Okay. But that's about it. Uh, I've done just about everything else. Uh, I'd also like my uh, kids to be as successful as they want to be. I want to be a billionaire. I have strong desire, but I have issues with self-discipline and lack of focus. Well, then you're going to have a hard fucking time. And self-confidence. Well, you're even going to have a harder fucking time. I know what to do, but still don't do it. How do I change that and start kicking ass? You're probably hanging around with losers. Uh, I'm not saying your parents were losers. But um, uh, show me your friends and I'll show you um, your future. Um, Just because you can say the words uh, doesn't make you uh, uh, be successful. You know, I have constantly uh, am filled with emails uh, with people that say they want to be a billionaire. Well, talk's cheap, kids. Uh, It takes money to buy fucking whiskey. So uh, I would start with who you're hanging around with. Um, you've got all the material you need for free on my site to become a billionaire. Uh, you know QLA has produced a, a number of them. So it, it's not out of the question. It all gets down to how, my, how bad you want it and how much sacrifice you're willing to make. Have you ever helped mentees with severe depression and thoughts of suicide? How can one overcome depression and again their passion and zest for life? Well, I believe in getting help, uh, uh, medical help. Uh, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that, uh, but I have dealt with people that uh, are, are severely depressed. I have dealt with people that are uh, have uh, attempted suicide and still contemplate suicide. Uh, and you can, with medical help and medication, overcome that. I'm not a doctor, and we should probably put this in uh, part of my disclaimer, but you need help, so get it. Um, the last question I'm going to answer and then I'm going to give you a little epilogue is how do you get your sh- head screwed on straight from all the things I've said already in, in this podcast. Uh, read everything that I've uh, uh, mentioned. Um, my free stuff on site, torrent, um, the, you, you f- show me your friends and I'll show you um, the, your uh, future. But more than anything, stay focused, stay laser beam focused, stay f- f- viciously focused laser beam focus and you can accomplish anything you want in life. Uh, I look forward to the next podcast uh, and, and until then, and, and please follow uh, the, my, uh, my plight of trying to get my reality show uh, to fruition, but peace, God bless.
0: This is AskThe50BillionDollarMan.com's official disclaimer. Comments, questions, and remarks made during any part of this podcast are intended to generate discussion and reflection, but are not legal, accounting, tax, investment, appraisal, medical, or other professional advice or instructions, or factual reporting, all of which are expressly disclaimed. Remember, investigate before you invest. We can't do that for you. You are solely responsible for your investigation, analysis, and decisions made with your independent professional advisors, familiar with your specific and verified facts, and current applicable laws and regulations. Reliance on this podcast, its contents, or its participants for any personal or business decision, including, but not limited to, legal, investment, or other financial decisions, is disclaimed. No comment, question, or remark, or other content shall be, or be construed, as an express or implied promise, undertaking contract or agreement, or a waiver of any part of this disclaimer or applicable laws. The owners and distributors disclaim any obligation to supplement, correct, or modify the content of any podcast. No content shall be deemed to encourage evasion or disobedience of any law or the submission to jurisdiction in any country. Reliance upon any facts assumed to be true for the podcast is disclaimed. Persons or entities referred to are fictional, and no depiction or reference to any person or entity is intended. Any seeming resemblance to an actual person or entity is entirely coincidental. All content is copyrighted and may not be used without written permission from Dan S. Pena, Sr.